Just just let the record show. I'm not trying to take the rock away from Wing. Talking with Randy Whitehouse now from the Sun Journal for our Monday, 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 Monday quarterback edition. He's fresh off of watching. Was it Russell Cade that you watched last night? Or um, what? This is the text message I get from Randy last night. He goes, listen, hate to interrupt you while watching Russell Cade. Of course, it was WrestleMania night last night, which is fine. I really appreciated that. It kind of hurt, though. It's like, you know, 1030 is good. I'm like, okay, just check in. You know, that was nice. Russell so Cade. I, I did some Googling after that, and apparently Russell Cade is still like a thing. It is. It is. See, I was thinking of, like, <laughs> you know, the 80s, and wasn't that like a, the NWA's Starcade. Starcade. You're 100% Starcade. correct. That's yes. Starcade. Yeah. I oh, like God. you really, but it was well done by you because you kind of Belichick it. You know how Belichick will never say. <laughs> My face. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. snapbook. It's, it's Insta face or whatever it My is. Face. Like, yeah. He just, he did my face, your face. You know, <laughs> he just, he takes all of them and amalgamates them so that he can, you know, he could be like, oh, that guy that doesn't know anything, even though he probably knows all of them. You know, has probably been stalking Rob Gronkowski's Instagram all all summer. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, how are you boys? What's left of the Celtics, by the way? Like, what I, I'm i finding it very tough to stay enthused about this season when everybody gets hurt because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's like that pet bunny that was given to your, your exuberant cousins for Easter. Like, you knew that bunny wasn't probably making it the week if they didn't set the thing down. And I feel like right now the Celtics and that bunny, like, if I don't stop setting them down, like, they're all going to end up hurt. Yeah, you know, why not consider shutting down Rozier and Brown and, and Tatum and Horford for the playoffs for the rest of the season? Uh, you know, they wouldn't be able to do it because they wouldn't be able to sign enough guys that would be playoff eligible. But, yeah, we need to quit while we're ahead here. Um, you know, sorry, Rozier. I know you think, you know, you want to portray that you're, you're ready to win a title. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're probably one and done, uh, at best two and done. Uh, the thing I'm looking forward to is just seeing how the young guys perform in the playoffs. Uh, seeing how some of these other guys that, that we haven't had before, guys like, you know, Baines and, and Morris and guys like that, see how they uh, perform in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I'm not going in with any expectations. My question for you is, I mean, do you consider this season uh, worthless or, or not really a failure, but, you know, do you feel like you're not getting out of this season – anything of value, anything of substance, because I'm hearing that from a lot of Celtics fans, and I don't get it. What? I don't... See, no, I, that's not right. I, as as yeah. bitter as I am about the way this year has gone, you know, I, I kind of always knew that we were always a year away, and you know what it is? It's, it's you know, we always say, well, he could be back in three to six weeks. What's the first thing we see? Okay, well, he could be back in three weeks, okay? Likely, it's probably the six weeks, Okay. But we've been like this all year. Oh, we, we could have Hayward back by the playoffs. Well, probably not. Okay, in a reasonable in a reasonable thing about it, you know, we're lucky to have him back in at this all. This universe, anyway. Okay, and then you, know, you look at everything else that that happened this year, and I mean, to me, the the injury that started it all, like they were able to sur- survive everything, but it was the Tice injury that I thought hurt them the most. Like. I thought the first smart injury hurt them, but they came back and they were okay. But when Tice got hurt, that changed the way their bigs had to work. Then you couldn't have, you can't have Monroe and Horford on the floor at the same time because they mimic each other. They're the same guy. So it was, it was a real, I thought that was the one that kicked it. And then it just seemed like the stretch of bad luck. But no, there's so much good that came out of this year. And it, it kind of reminds me of the, um, it reminds me of the 2016 Yankees when they started selling. And they're like, Andrew Miller's gone, Starlin Castro, uh, uh, Araldus Chapman's gone. We're going to get all these guys in. And and then all of a sudden, when they got rid of everybody, that's when like the young guys started hitting. You know, Sanchez was hitting bombs. Um, Bird was playing pretty well at the time because he wasn't hurt. Um, it's unusual. Judge wasn't great, but he was. Judge was getting quality at bats against major league level competition. And then we saw how that how that team developed from 2016 to 2017. They took an early leap. They're probably, you know, the Yankees are probably about a year ahead as well, which is why I'm not shocked that they've, you know, stepped back a little bit and been kind of average for the last couple of weeks. They're also not playing 4A baseball teams, uh, just 4A baseball teams. They're actually playing major 
league teams this year, like Baltimore and Toronto. So, you know, I can see that as well as I take a little shot at the Red Sox in the in the pink hat brigade out there who's very excited about this team going 161-1. and one. But, uh, no, I, I think there's... Jalen Brown was never going to get this experience, Randy. Uh, with, if Gordon Hayward was healthy, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys aren't going to be playing as many minutes as they are right now. And I, I think that's key. I think Terry Rozier... You know, that's another thing, too. Like, with, with no Kyrie Irving, he's going to get some quality minutes. So this is going to be a really deep team next year. Oh, even nice if they, bench. Even yeah. if they lose Baines, even if they lose, um, uh, uh, you know, they're probably going to lose Monroe. But you know, even if they lose Baines or a couple other guys, like, they're going to be able to bring other guys back. And, you know, they're going to be deep. I don't even know who you start next year. Like, you know, Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, Horford, like, is that your top five? Like, who's coming off your bench? Is it smart? Is it that? Like, I don't know. Like, it that it leads to a whole bunch of things next year that I think uh, are pretty exciting. And I think it also leads to now Danny actually has some more stuff to work with. He can be like, look, I've developed these guys. They're young. You know, Terry Rozier is going to be a year away from free agency. Terry Rozier is in a contract year next year. So I, I'm... I'm pretty excited. I, I thought this year would have been more. I thought they had a chance to do more. But once you found out that they kind of didn't, you know, you, you can take your, your victories out of this one. As long as they're able to carry this and move this forward, we're going to look back on this year and say, man, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we, we lived through all that. But I'm telling you right now, if we get back to, you know, week one next year and Kyrie has to leave because of knee soreness or Al Horford twists his ankle and, and tears his Achilles or some other stupid thing, we're just going to be, I think we're going to mentally check out again. Be like, oh, here we go. Another injury season. Yep, that's that's a wrap. Like, that's the concern I have with this team. The, the thing with Danny Ainge, though, is you can't completely rule out this team looking very different again next year. I mean, you know, Smart may not be here. Like you said, Monroe, probably not. I'm sorry to see him go. I would have liked to have seen what part he would have played uh, in, a, in a deep playoff run. Especially with a fully healthy team, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's really he's really emerged the last few weeks, and I I, I mean, I'm biased. I'm I love big men who can pass, but uh, I think he's been playing really well. Uh, so you know, I, with, with Danny, there's there's kind of that unpredictable factor too that that you know you don't know uh, what what he's thinking, what he's seen this year that that he thinks he can move forward with, um, but. You know, I'm I'm still you know pretty happy. Injuries aside, with how the the season turned out, and uh, you know, like you said, I thought I always I always thought they were a year away, regardless when they were fully healthy. And when they had Award, I didn't I didn't really see them winning a title. Or, you know, I, I figured they could make the finals this year, but I wasn't convinced of it. You know, I didn't think they were a favorite or anything. So uh, yeah, you know I, I'm I'm going into the playoffs just you know pretty much footloose and fancy free. Don't don't really care if they get swept in the first round. Don't really care if, if they uh, you know go to seven games in the second round. Uh, you know whatever happens after this is just kind of a little more information for for the future. A little bit more uh, to to file away for uh, when this team is really a serious. Talking with Randy Whitehouse with Sun Journal, SunJournal.com. See, it, I, I, they have to me. They have to win the first round because if they don't, even though they are banged up to holy hell, the anti-Brad Stevens crowd, which it's not a lot of people, but it's mainly the national folks. They're going to go back and say, "Oh, well, they struggled with Chicago last year, going down two nothing." And then Rondo got hurt, and, and that's when, when everything changed. And now he hasn't, you know, the only, I, I don't want them to be like, the only time they've gotten out of the first round was when Rondo got hurt. You know, like, I want them to get out of the first round specifically because I cannot, under any circumstances, live in a world where I have to watch either the Washington Wizards full of the asshats that are on that team. What an unlikable group of people. <laughs> Every one of them, like, from the top down is like, wow, what an absolute douche nozzle. And, or the other worst one, okay, it would actually be worse than this, would be if Kelly 
M. Effing Olinick <laughs> and Pat Riley, okay, are are celebrating. Okay, because I cannot in that in in jerk bag Dwayne Wade and the whole gang, like I want nothing to do with that either. You can like, have a long spring, nothing. buddy. Like if my if, if they lose to Milwaukee and Antacumpo, it's going to hurt a little bit because then I'm going to go through that whole, why didn't they just take Antacumpo over uh, Olenek thing? But I'll be okay with it. I'll be fine. But, man, I, I got to tell you, I just, I cannot, I do not want, I, I cannot live in a world where they lose to Washington or Miami in the first round. Like, I just, I want no part of that. No. Uh, a second round <laughs> loss to the Sixers doesn't appeal to me either. Um, you know, if this, well, it's already happening. The Sixers are becoming the next team. They've already overtaken the Celtics as the next team in the national media's eyes. And well, and that's because Joel Embiid is really cool at Twitter. Right. Well, that helps. But, I mean, you know, Ben Simmons is, you know, probably going to be rookie of the year. And, you know, he's, he's an incredible player. It's amazing what five years of tanking would do for yeah, you. It's yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> That, that's the whole point. Not only do you get five years of tanking, he still can't shoot a three-pointer, by the way. okay, yeah. He's a good player, but he's going to need to shoot. He's going to need to work on that. Fultz is going to need to get up to where he needs to get to. I haven't noticed how did he look the last couple of weeks. He's, I, have, I am so tired of the Markel Fultz celebratory tour. Like Jason Tatum's like knifing through the lane, getting bumped, throwing down two-handed slams, and Markel Fultz is throwing in an uncontested righty layup, and whose highlights do I see? The Markel Fultz highlights. Like, great, okay? He's kind of got things going again. Like, show me him hitting a three-pointer and some free throws, okay? When it counts. Call me then. Ugh. Yeah, I can't, I can't take losing to a Philippine <laughs> twice in one year, so... Uh, you know, I, I'll I'll take you know bowing out in the first. As much as I hate Pat Riley and you know, like you say, Kelly Olynyk, you know, if he's uh, dominating in, in a series, a first round series, that would be rather discouraging. But uh, yeah, I I just soon uh, be one and done and take another beating at the one on another beating. It'd probably go to seven games and come down to the final shot, you know, Markel Fultz in a three-pointer as a buzzer to win it or something. Oh, just yeah. Twist it in a little bit more. As long as it doesn't happen in Jason Tatum's face, I'll be fine. <laughs> okay, that would be that would be the concern. But no, Philly fans, because here's the thing, like, the, we're setting up for big problems, okay? Eagles are Super Bowl champs. Villanova won, won the NCAA, oh, that's right. okay? What else can they burn in Philadelphia? Right. I mean, the Phil. I mean, luckily Gabe Kapler's there to ruin the Phillies. Okay, so that's that's good news. You don't have to worry about them getting good quite yet. The uh, Flyers, it, it, though. I mean, and and oh. and here's the thing: people are going to be rooting for the Flyers in the playoffs because everybody hates Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Right. Right. Well, you know, I got to be honest with you. If the originally, if they'd done the playoffs the way that in the old days, one through eight, the Bruins probably would have been playing Philadelphia. Which, yeah, I, I think they're going to be a hard out. I really do. <laughs> they got to run out of cold grease down there in Philly. Yeah, out. that's true. Got to get more. <laughs> we could send some down. <laughs> All the guys running into posts. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, well, that I can do. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Hey, how about that? Stanton just struck out again. Look at that. <laughs> You know what though, I'm I'm not even stressing out about that. You know why I'm not stressing out about that? Because Aaron Judge looked like this last July and came back and had true. a great. No, that's true. <laughs> this is power hitters doing power hitters. Does everyone forget how bad David Ortiz looked in 2009? Oh my God! People wanted him to oh. retire. Oh yeah, he, he needs he to retire. Done. Everybody was saying, yeah, he was done. He yeah. couldn't catch up with anything. But here's the thing. Here, I'm going to give you some stats on Stanton, all right? 284, six home runs, 21 RBIs, 28 strikeouts, 22 games. 253, eight home runs, 19 RBIs, 30 strikeouts, 21 games. 264, seven home runs, 16 RBIs, 27 strikeouts, 23 games. That's his last three Aprils. The guy is 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 hit or miss. He'll catch up at some point. Not worried about it. You know he's putting a shootload of pressure on himself right now. Okay. Well, 
Like, he, he wants to hit a five-run home run every time he goes up there. So, yeah, he's in his own head. Well, we talked about this before. Anytime you have a power hitter, they need to get the barrel of the bat going. Yeah. They're going to strike out. Yeah. It's, it's the nature of the beast. You show me a power hitter that doesn't strike out, and I'll show you somebody's in the Hall of Fame right now. Direct. No waiting. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a story this week on uh, the home run in high school baseball and how the, the new bats and everything have changed that kind of dynamic. And, uh, you know, I've been talking with some coaches and stuff. And, you know, in, in high school baseball, probably uh, college baseball to a lesser degree, but in high school baseball, you know, obviously there's less and less emphasis on power than, than the major league trend now, which is all launch angle and exit velocity and all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, the Yankees have built their team on, on that principle, and, and, you know, it's it's worked pretty well for some other teams. But I just, I, I wonder, you know, the, the, the inconsistency, like you're pointing out, if, if they're not, they're not squaring up, they're, they're striking out, uh, you know, with so many guys in that lineup who, who are going to strike out quite a bit. Uh, you know, I just I, I don't know that it's, it's really something that that's gonna get them through these uh, these struggles, these slumps that they every team has during the course of the season. And I can see them having prolonged stretches of you know losing nine out of eleven or or uh, you know uh, ten out of uh, fifteen, you know something like that. Uh, just because of that, I, you know, they don't have the pitching. I don't think to to mask that for fairly long stretches of time. So, yeah, uh, they they're gonna live by the home run. They will probably die by the home run. Hey, Earl Weaver lived it for the three run home run, three run yeah. home run. Well, oh, yeah. you well, guys... he had pitching to back it up. No, man. he did. No he question. Had to back it up. You guys have seen it for the last couple of years, especially with the Red Sox and all these freaking extra inning games that they play. Yankees do the same thing. The only difference is the Red Sox win them, okay, and the Yankees lose them. That is the difference. The Yankees are absolutely god-awful bad in extra inning games because they don't... They're waiting on that three-run homer. They're waiting on that 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 three-stretch thing you, to go you on. You said that all last year. They didn't they it, don't make it, it happen. They're still doing it. It's the same team. I it, 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 it It's not a Girardi thing. It's just how this team is built is... They're waiting for the walk-off homer, and if that walk-off yep. homer doesn't come, we're going to be there for 13 innings, 14 innings, 15 innings, and it's just going to keep happening. Hey, Randy, I want to go back to the the high school uh, hitting. You yeah. know, the I think the, one of the changes we've seen in that trend is when they lowered the ratio on the... I got a. I don't the know. Bats, yeah, the, yeah, the bat and the and the how many ounces and the, the length yeah. of the bat. There was a whatever. ratio. What? 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 Oh what yeah. Is, used to be you could have a twenty ounce bat and a and a you know whatever, and now it has to be within five. Yeah. So they're swinging a heavier bat in order to get a bat big enough to to be able to hit, and you can't whip it anymore like you used to be able to. So it made you know fairly small kids. <laughs> You know, pretty good, pretty good power hitters because they could whip the bat. Now you can't do that. Yeah, that that yeah, ratio is is so close. I, I believe it's within. It's maybe three to five. I I'm not sure exactly what I it is anymore. Like two or three. Yeah. I yeah. Think it was two or three. It was it was pretty close. It, yeah. it make and that makes a tremendous difference. I've I've looked at and tried the bats and and try to get a feel for it with my own kids' bats through the years, and though that that makes a tremendous difference. Yeah, and with the BB core bag, you got you know like a smaller sweet spot, and there's less of a trampoline effect, and so lesser uh, less uh, exit velocity. Um, Who Randy's uh, all over this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going. I need to I need to study up because I'm going over to uh, EL practice today, and I'm going to talk to Dave Jordan and Grant Hotley. Hotley hits home runs, you know, left and right at uh, at Auburn Suburban. He's kind of against a trend. Now you're talking. You know, big strong kid, been playing baseball his whole life. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, he's he's one of the biggest power threats in, in the state. But there aren't very many like him anymore. You just you know, unless you're playing in some little bandbox ballpark. But even like up to Livermore Falls, I was talking to Brian Doobie yesterday, 
you know, the 99 championship team that he had, hit, uh, he said 33 home runs, if I recall, on my notes in front of me. He had 33 home runs that year. And, and it wasn't just their ballpark. They went up to Mansfield Stadium in the state championship and hit two home runs. This was a, a great power-hitting team. Uh, you know, he says now maybe they hit one or two a year. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously a big part of that's the bats, but, you know, there's a lot of other things that factor into that, too. There are a lot of things that factor in. You know, that's that's a good point. I don't – see, I was a 32-20 guy when I when – I, played like they'd always be like won't you use the 34 give me the 32 the 32 is lighter like i don't once i realized i wasn't i wasn't gonna be like you know long donging home runs like i finally got up to a point where i'm like you know what i just i want to hit line drives and the best way for me to hit line drives or really to go to the opposite field which was really where all my power was everything was to center or right i just i wasn't i didn't have quick wrists you know, as we go over my, my uh, burgeoning uh, Little League career. But I was always, I wanted to use a smaller bat because I knew that I could get around quicker. And even if I was a little bit behind, that means I could punch something into right field, center field. So, yeah, I mean, guys don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, let me get the biggest bat and oh, do yeah. this. And it's well, like, and get the smallest handle yeah. to the biggest end and barrel and see I if I can make it just whip. don't get that at all. It's yeah. like, I, I would feel like I'm... Nobody, when's the last time you saw a kid choke up on a bat? N- None. Never! And I, I was I was saying Haley and I have this conversation all along because we both use the same bat. I because remember wooden bat. Uh, Nelly Fox, big handle, heavy through the end, and choke up. And you could you could get a double off the handle with that thing. I'm not kidding you. I mean that was that kind of a bat. And same thing. I wasn't a power hit. I was a line drive hitter. And uh, and like I said, I I used that a little bit heavier bat, but I choked up on it, so I had you know good hitting surface all the way through. Rusty Staub was the uh, same way. The recently departed Rusty Staub, he liked to choke up on the bat. Sure. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if he swung <laughs> his. I think he swung a pretty big bat. Yeah, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Yeah. As much as I don't like him, he used to choke up on the bat. Yeah. Well, nobody. We were taught two strikes, choke up on the bat. Every time it, that try was to, try to hit it the opposite field. I mean, you, it was ingrained in your brain. That was that was sub little league. Like that's when I, I was first told, like you, two strikes, choke up. You know, like choke up, hit it the opposite field. Because obviously, you know, in the first two, you, things weren't working out so well for you. <laughs> yeah, you know? how's that so working maybe, for you? Choke up. Maybe Come on. maybe give that a. Maybe I just went to a, the choke up right away. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you just choke up immediately? You know, no just waiting. Give him a slap hitter. You know, like. I feel like it's Ichiro who's the only choke-up guy now, and I think that's just how he does it. That's it. I think, I think you get Ichiro. That's what it is. All right, Randy, i gotta, I got to get your next thing here. What are your What are your thoughts on, on Gronk being mad? Apparently, Gronk is mad at Bill Belichick. I have never, by the way, seen as much drama around a Patriots oh offseason as this one. I still can't believe they haven't traded him. Right. For I'm, that reason. Well, the draft isn't over yet. That's a good point. Okay? Draft is not over yet. But apparently, um, uh, Gronkowski was not looking good in training camp and was chastised in front of the whole team. Somehow, I guess it was a—he was taking shots at him about going into the TB12 method into the offseason mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like, is this just Belichick being a jerk? Is this—is this Gronk being like a wuss bag and like getting a little oversensitive? Like somebody made fun of my Mahara, so I'm gonna get all—I'm gonna get all annoyed by it. Like. Or is this just a case of like two guys like eventually just get sick of each other and you're just like, ugh, I'm, I'm done with it. Because I just, this is ridiculous. Like there is way too much time being devoted to this. I yeah. feel bad even devoting time to it. And you want to add Odell Beckham to that. I, yeah, <laughs> that's right, he does. I didn't say I necessarily wanted to. I'm yeah, but just then saying, that would take all the focus on everybody else. It would be just on Odell. Right, it would totally be on him. Like, everybody else would be happy. It's, it's kind of like if you've got two dogs and one of them's really active and wants to play and the other one just wants to lay around and do nothing. So you end up getting a third dog that's active and wants to play and usually those two dogs will pair off and then leave the lazy dog alone. Yeah, there you go. You know? You I do- have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Stand <laughs> just struck out again. But, you know, Belichick hasn't changed. Belichick is the same Bill Belichick that he was when he, you know, first came to the Patriots. Uh, I don't think Gronk has really changed. You know, I, I, I think he's, you know, someone who always kind of had his own uh, kind of brand in mind, wanted to develop into someone who was, 
uh, more of a of a star and a celebrity. And you know, he's I've, I've never heard any complaints about him in terms of his preparation and being in shape and all that before this year, before this Alex Guerrero stuff started. So you know, the 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 clear answer here is to to eliminate Yoko Guerrero somehow, and and I don't know. How you do that? You're not going to get Brady to stop uh, uh, genuflecting or, or having Guerrero massages uh, quad or whatever, and probably Gronk's not going to uh, step away from from the uh, TD12 method. Uh, it worked pretty well for him last year because he stayed pretty healthy generally until you know he got he got hit in the head. Uh, so you know this, this isn't going to end. Very pretty. I don't think. I don't think it's kind of very, very pretty with uh, with Brady either. I, I've always felt that even before I even knew Alex Guerrero existed. I always thought it was going to be an ugly ending with with Brady. Um, but you know, I I I don't think Belichick's at a point in his career where he really wants to deal with those kind of outside uh, factors and and. Uh, his players being in, influenced, uh, overly influenced by uh, outside outside people, people outside of the, of the organization. So ultimately, I think Bill Belichick's going to win this, and it's probably, I think, yeah, going to mean Gronk gets traded. I uh, hate to see it. He's my favorite player, but uh, I just don't think this situation is, is very tenable from everything that, that I've read and heard about it. I you know, you got two huge egos with with their own self interests in mind, and uh, you know that that clash generally doesn't work in in the National Football League. It's the reason why the Giants, you know, despite what they're saying, are probably trying to trade OBJ. Hey, Randy, Saturday I was in the Boston area, and my daughter and I went to breakfast, and there was a we were kind of standing in line on the steps going into this little diner. And this pretty fleshy big guy comes out, and he's got on a, a beanie that says TB12 on it all the way around it. And I go, hey, TB12? I said, you fall on the plant. You fall on the plant. He was sipping a coffee. Honest to God, he spit it out. He goes, Pfft. He says, take a look at me. Do I look like I'm falling the plant? He says, take a look at me. I go, okay, so you're not falling the plant. I he feel goes, like, no. I feel like I would be like the, the plant. They would hate me. They'd be like, why are you eating all the steak? And I'd be like, because that's what I do. Like, why don't you get something veg? No, I don't I don't eat vegetables. Veggies? It's not, no, my, no. it's not my gig. I don't, I don't do the vegetables so much. Oh, you know what? The other thing I'm tired of hearing is how much this this whole thing, and people have taken it, that the Patriots are enamored with Baker Mayfield, and they're going to trade up to get him. And what planet no, have we ever seen that happen? Like, I can tell you what's going to happen with these two first-round picks. He's going he's to draft somebody with one, and then he's going to trade one of them for something else, maybe a first-rounder next year. I mean, I remember the year they did that with the 49ers, and they ended up getting the seventh overall pick, which was great because they got screwed out of a, a, a draft pick in the in the um, in the Spygate deal. So and they ended up with the number seven pick that year, and they got Mayo, and, and everything was good. That was a, that was a good draft for them. So I I, I don't, That's how they I don't got see Wolfhook. that. That's it, how they got Wolfhook. Yeah, too. and you've got you've got two or three more weeks until the draft. Like this whole like. All I hear now is, and, and this is the way this whole thing is going to me. By the way, you're listening to the B-List Daily on Sports Time Main AM 780 across the NBR radio network. Sports Time 780 AM, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal on the line with us right now on the B-List Daily. Weekdays. Stanton just struck out again. Yeah, just, <laughs> Stanton just struck out again. That's He's right. going to say that every time he, he calls should, He should now. He should. He should just Stanton struck out one more time. It would be good. Yeah, it'd be That'd be nice. Um, I, I was, I'm, I'm trying to think of something snarky and I got well, nothing other than Dave O'Brien just said something condescending again, but I assume every time he talks, it's just how it goes. Like, let, 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 let me say this as, as someone, you know, who works in the media, one, one of my favorite things about working in the media is I can smell how a media person, how the media cooks up a, a storyline from a mile away. So every I don't know if we go through this every year, but we go through it quite often. It's not just with the draft. It's also with free agency. The media looks at it and says, all right, you know, I'm tired of writing the same old crap about, you know, this guy's going here, this guy's going here, I'm hearing this. 
let's look at who the most the most unpredictable coach or GM organization in the draft has been. And like I said, same thing happens with free agency. Let's let's take a look at who the most unpredictable and, and hardest to pin down organization is. Let's take them, and then let's take the most uh, polarizing, most dynamic, you know, best known whatever personality in the draft or the free agent pool or whatever. And let's just uh, do a story about, hey, you know, uh, Bill Belichick, he's, uh, he's really taking a shine to Baker Mayfield. He's really taking a shine to Odell Beckham Jr. and just throwing together in a story. Nobody's going to question or really question your, your, uh, you know, your truthfulness or your sincerity with this story. Because you know it's Bill Belichick. You're right; he is unpredictable. We, we, you know, it took him. It took the media 15 years to even get the slightest clue how the Patriots had all this success. So you know, I, this is I, the Patriots aren't trained up for Baker Mayfield. There's no way that's happening. And when it, when it does happen in a couple of weeks, you can play this clip. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure by that time, Giancarlo Stanton will still be striking out, which will be just. I can't wait for his strikeouts this week in Fenway Park. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking He'll forward get to get less booze in some way than he gets at Yankee Stadium. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he should. You know what? I don't mind that. If a guy is getting paid that much, he's not performing. He's a professional athlete. He should get booed. I don't care. Like everybody gets all wound up. Like how do you boo these guys? It's not like we're at a. It's not like I'm sitting up at Kent's Hill watching. Diego Telstar booing kids. Okay, that's a little no, different. No, you were last year. I was there. Well, no, the only reason I was booing kids last year is because it was freaking cold and I couldn't move. And I'm like, come on, swing the bat or something. I agree. I was there with you, Paul. Yeah, that was that was still. I still can't believe that kid didn't break his hand. Randy was there for that one oh, where the kid yeah, got hit oh, in the. Crazy. He got he got hit in the batter's box. I've never seen yeah. anything like it. Like, no, I mean, that could have gone a lot worse. I'm yeah. like, eh, no, we're good. That was the coldest game. That was the coldest baseball game I've ever covered. That was uh, brutal. There were snow banks in the first base coach's box and stuff. It wasn't. It was no time to be played baseball. Whether you're playing our official turf or not. Yeah. What I would. What I had hoped for was that they'd put more snow banks up around the baseball fields this year, just to protect us from the wind. Like there we I, go. That I felt like if that would be done, like we could have some. You know, I don't know how that would affect the the launch angle, though. Like, I don't know how that would work. Uh, that's a good question. So you, know you, what? you can't affect the launch angle. <laughs> can't affect the launch angle. You started doing previews yet? Uh, any, oh yeah. A, anybody anybody sticking out to you so far uh, from the local region that we should be keeping an eye on for baseball? Well, I'm I'm really excited about being north. I mean, that's Oxford Hills is is loaded. Um, and you know, Gene Slicer will tell you Bangor is the favorite. I mean, I suppose they should be. They have the the pelts, so to speak, and they do have a lot of talent. But uh, Oxford Hills, you know, they were the number number one seed last year going into the tournament. You know, they were still very young. Uh, this year with a little more experience under their belts, I, I think, you know, and, and one of the best pitchers in the state, Colin Carson, they're going to be really tough. Uh, but uh, Edward Little still going to be very good. I mean, you know, they, they have some pitching questions coming into the season, but they – they should have a pretty potent lineup. Uh, and Lewiston's going to be improved. I mean, they didn't lose a heck of a lot from one of the most improved teams in, in uh, the KVAC and A North last year. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fun year in A North. And Class C is always interesting. Uh, you know, Mon is coming back to the pack a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, Winthrop should still be pretty solid. NBC, you know, they're adding Spruce Mountain this year. Spruce always has a, a good uh, good quality uh, team. They're probably going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, so that adds to uh, the competition in the NBC. So, uh, you know, as long as the weather gets above 60, I'm, I'm excited about the season. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that too. It's good. It's good to see Spruce Mountain back in the back in the uh, in the MVC. I, I, you know what I'd like to see though. I'd like to see some throwback days. You know, maybe maybe one day they they could be the Jay Tigers, and then the next day they could be the Livermore Falls Andes. Like I think at some point we should do that. Like we should do some throwback high school days. Like that everybody wants to do these different things. Like you know we do fundraisers and things like that. Like. I think we could go old school. Like those logos still exist out there. Like you know, let's let's do it. Yeah, they, you you should probably wait a few more years. I think there's 
still enough of a of a divide. Do you think it has to be like ten to fifteen or twenty or? Uh, uh, that that's a good question. I mean, you know, I mean, the numbers are going down there, so you know, it, it, it might subside a little bit. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I I don't know how long you need to kind of have a, a breaking in period before the the rivalry is is died down enough that that you can do stuff like that. But if you do it now. I'm afraid it'll just, you know, divide the, the Jays and, and the Livermores even more because, you know, Jay will want to wear their throwbacks on Friday when they're going up against Garrigo and Livermore Falls kids will want to wear them then. And, you know, instead they'll have to wear them against Winthrop on uh, Monday or whatever. And you know, I could, you know what, you're right. I could see that causing a big kerfuffle, yeah. so probably not the best idea. But I, I hope someday that happens. That would be... Yeah. That'd be nice. It's kind of like how I've always wanted to see, like, um, I've always wanted to see a Maine Guides reunion. There's a ton of living members of the Maine Guides. There's right. a ton of former major league uh, major leaguers that, that came through Old Orchard Beach and, and played there, coached there, and are now, you know, playing and coaching uh, or coaching and doing whatever throughout the majors and all sorts of things of baseball. And there's never been one because of the way they left. Like, we're at 30 years now that they've been gone. Like, at some point, we could get a we could get a reunion. And to me, that merchandise, that main guy's logo is the most underappreciated logo in history yeah yeah i want i think often about what cheney dugas is doing now oh shaney dugas man like i'll tell you what when any time when we did that uh uh when me and the old co-host did the uh did the did the show originally and we started doing the main guide stuff and you know we'd reach out to people like dave clark and dave gallagher and guys like that uh, every one of those guys mentioned shaney dugas <laughs> How's Shady doing? He runs a construction company down in Louisiana, actually. That's what Shady does now. He was like, he was like the guy. Like he was the, you know, he was that. Uh, you, you know how there's always that sea dog every year that you know he's he's there like three or four years in a row, and and everybody loves him in the community. Like that's what that's what Shady Dugas was for the for the guides. He was that guy. So didn't he get, didn't he get the first home run in the franchise history and? Uh... That, that brought about the the famous you can call the main warden that one's lost in the main woods call. I, I believe. I believe it did. I believe. It. I, I really feel like you know, we didn't get lucky. We we got lucky to to have that team here, and I'm glad that they let Bruce do that because if not, we never would have. I mean, and you really would have had to call the main wardens if you went after that because one, you would have been attacked by um, by mosquitoes uh, going out into the woods for that. So, yeah, that would not be, that would not be the best. Not be, not be the best. <laughs> I used to, you know, people complain about going to games down there. Oh, it's too cold. There are too many bugs. Oh, I God. love going down there. I, I used to wish that it was one of those, you know, foggy, cool kind of nights, you know, going down, you know, kind of misty a little bit. I love, I loved watching baseball in that kind of setting. It was. You know, it was pretty cool. It was something different. Uh, you know, I miss the guys. I mean, nothing wrong with the Sea Dogs. Sea Dogs are great, but uh, you know, a little bit of me. And I'm, you know, it's mostly nostalgia. This is this is going to Old Orchard for Triple uh, A well, And I agree because that's a great spot. And look at, like I said, look at the guys that used come for the. And the other thing is. Minor league baseball was totally different at the time because Triple A when Triple A now is kind of like this this roster fill backup spot it's for the taxi squad. It's a taxi for, squad for <laughs> yeah. for major league. It's not like you're going to go see the prospects of tomorrow. They're going to hang out in AAA for a bit, but right. once they're done there, they're moving up. But guys like you know Marvin Freeman, Dave Gallagher, uh, Steve Farr, like there were a ton of guys that went through there, and then you get to see guys like um, I remember when Kirby Puckett played there. Uh, right. Dennis Oriel Can Boyd was there. I remember Dwight Gooden had a had a rehab assignment, yep. and that was there. I mean, that was cool stuff because you're one step that that's exactly what it was for. But you had those. I mean, John Farrell played there. I remember interviewing John Farrell, and he talked about how beautiful the stadium was. You know, he's like, I still remember how beautiful that stadium was. Yeah, driving it. You know, like that's that's cool. The, the, that was that was that's a bit of history that I think everybody forgets about. In in for some reason we just won't. We need to celebrate that a little bit more. Like I, I think there needs to be main guides throwback day. Like those are those are legit uniforms, man. Those were good. That was a great logo. It's a great yeah. logo. The compass, the 
di- compass dial, whatever it was on there. Yeah, it was great. And the lefty, in the lefty swinging, you know, yeah. that was that was good. I mean, and then Otis Nixon wearing wearing full leather suits at Old Orchard <laughs> Beach during the win- during the summer. <laughs> you know, like, and then people wondering where Otis Nixon was. You know, that was. <laughs> I think we all know where Otis Nixon was, yeah, but you I know, so. <laughs> I remember him like, I, I remember him trying to bunt for a base hit against the Blue Jays and they lost that series. And I'm like, wow, you really must have lost some brain cells in the, in the, in the summer heat of Old Orchard Beach. Oh, goodness. So uh, what uh, a general sense, a lot of the teams out, are they able to, are some teams able to get on the field right now? Like uh, there's not, been some melting not up here. Um, the you know the ones I've talked to that have gotten out of the field is you know gone gone down south. I guess uh, Palmer's Cougars played down the Old Orchard yes. over the weekend. Uh, by the way, Palmer, if you call, call me for crying out loud. If yeah, you're, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not right now though. Um, the uh, who is it? Uh, Buckfield is opening up down at Trape on Friday, and I guess they're uh, ready to go, barring any major snowstorms between now and then. So I like the Southern Maine teams are, you know, in pretty good shape up here. Uh, it does it doesn't look too good at a lot of places. Uh, Doobie was telling me that uh, Spruce they finally got out on an edge of the football field last Friday. He doesn't think they'll be able to get on their their baseball field for a couple weeks. Uh, you know, Monmouth is always one of the last fields to be ready because um, they're, you know, they don't get a lot of sun down there and they're at the bottom of the hill, but they're kind of used to that. Um, I guess EL's playing over at Auburn Suburban again this year, which is fine by me. Uh, Lewiston, you know, of course, they're playing at Bates and, and they're already playing games at home. So, you know, they're, they're in pretty good shape. But uh, most of the teams around here are still inside or going down south to, to scrimmage right now. Oh, and folks should probably be uh, voting for the Varsity Main Awards as well, right? That's a that's a thing that you guys are involved with now. Yeah, that's a thing that we're involved with. <laughs> that's a thing you're involved with now. I just want to make sure I got that plug in there for that. That was good. That was. I, you know, I, you know, I just seen people pick up a copy of yesterday's paper for the Winter All-Stars and the All-Region all Oh yeah, yeah that too. But I mean, th- th- and, and, th- and Friday the baseball and softball tab comes out, and all week we're rolling out spring previews and stuff. So my goal, I have a couple of unsung goals this year, unspoken goals this year, and I'm going to speak them now. One is to get to Rangeley to watch a baseball game. My question is, I don't know when that will happen. <laughs> um, and then it just so it gives me an excuse to go up there, and then. That that's really the biggest thing. I want to get up to Rangeley and watch a baseball game this year. I don't end, even know how good their team is going to be. The season. I, just, I want to go up there because you know I I hear they play baseball there. I just want to see what the field looks like. You know, my other favorite thing is to check all the data signals in these fields, like oh, baseball and softball. Man, like you don't know what you're getting or where you're getting it from. Uh, have you been to Bingham? Yeah, <laughs> I've been to Bingham. I've been for to, baseball. Uh yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. No, yes. I, I went up there when I was at the KJ a couple of years ago, and you also say no signal there. No, no, no. I, my favorite is Sakopee Valley, where you're on, like, you, you can roam off of somebody else's tower, but, like, it takes forever to do it. Like, that's, and that's, like, the funny part about that is their field is kind of, like, right next to their school. But then the softball field's out in the woods. Like, the only way we could get a playoff game going over there a few years ago is because Palmer was able to, to tell somebody, hey, you need, to bring a, you need to bring a generator so we've got power yeah. so we can get on the radio. Like, yeah. those, are the, those are the ridiculous scenarios that happen out there. Like, what is, what, where are we? Like, and people are like, how come you guys don't video more baseball? I'm like, can you give me a spot where I can go? Yeah. Because I in. don't... I got to be able to one. I got to be able to see the field. Okay, so I got to do a whole baseball game with one camera. Okay, so that's 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 hard enough. But then you've got to find power. Then you've got to find a data signal that there's no there's no hardwire. You're not running a, a hardwired internet out to these baseball fields that are half of them aren't even on the school grounds. They're right. they're somewhere else. Well, and when you're behind the screen, 
oh, the yeah. camera gets messed up because it focuses on the screen. And when you call them, they're like, oh, well, radio was here a couple years ago, and they just broadcast from up here. I'm like, great. Did, how did how did that chicken wire affect their video yeah. for the radio? Oh, it much. didn't? It didn't fit? Oh, that's because they, did, they didn't do video. Mm-hmm. And oh, well, I could do it from the third base side, but as soon as the left-handed batter comes up, I'm probably going to be dodging foul balls. So, no, let's not do that. And oh, I could go out into center field, left field, but as soon as they shift the second baseman or the umpire over, then I've got to move my camera guy. Like, there's no good place to do any of this no, around no. here. Like, nobody nobody built these baseball fields and said, you know what? We really need to make sure there's media access. Like, where would people want to video stream a game? Like, even the top, even the top ones. Like, if I do a game at Oxford Hills, I have to go to the end of the lacrosse field, which is down at the end of the first baseline yeah, out yeah. by right field, and I have to do it from an angle. Like that, and I have to run the power from the from the uh, from like a, a cord place that's that's right around. Oh, so right. I, I need yeah. three extension cords. On the I've soccer got to go field, yeah. yeah. Like it's just nuts. It's it's nuts. And yeah. I I know what, what the struggle is. Like even going down to St. Joe's, if you don't have a Wi-Fi password, like you're not getting out there. Good luck. Pick a tower, you know. And you know, Randy and all these guys now have to. It's not just you go there and you write it all down and you put the story up. Now you get to tweet the whole time and everything else. I mean, if you don't have signal, like it's a disaster. Oh, wait, check swing. They're appealing. Yeah. Oh, they rung them up. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, you're in trouble this spring. Oh, oh man. Uh, every time. Every time. Oh, one thing I did just see came across, which I, I kind of like. Um, there's talk of making it. I guess for some reason, they were talking about the, the MPAs having a meeting today about instead of having someone commission uh, officials for basketball, they're now going to have somebody just handle all the officials for all the sports. I feel that that's like kind of long overdue, isn't it? Yeah. Like if somebody's going to want to sign it for everything? I don't, I, I not, think. Not regular season or just tournament? Just, no, I think overseeing and things of that nature. Oh. Like we're not, it, it's all going to be one department, is wow. what it sounds like. Officials. Like, I, mean, I don't they have, know. They have I, an officials fee committee. I think, uh, yeah, I think what they're trying to do is is they're trying to restructure the basketball stuff after the after the winter heat yes. that they got <laughs> the the dunking heat that they. Uh, I think they're trying to restructure this as not is to embarrass anybody. Programs on the agenda for that committee? Do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> basketball programs. I would. I would. <laughs> Here's what it is. Travis Lee just put it out. MPA officials advisory committee meeting to discuss changing from a from commissioner of basketball to a commissioner of officials to take the lead on all officials in all sports rather than just hoops. Also, apparently mandatory fingerprinting of officials is on the table. I'm shocked that that wasn't already being done here in 2018 when we can really? retina scan people to get into their phones, but we don't have fingerprinting of officials. That's seems odd to me, but you know, what do I know? But I like this. I, I Sure. Commissioner of officials, I'm down. Maybe change the commissioner, but you know. Well, yeah, and, you know, uh, Travis has told me that that he's heard that they might scrap the the commission altogether at some point, the basketball commission. So I'd be fine by that. First, yeah, they don't have any of the other sport. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's uh, it's time has come and gone. You don't, I don't think you need well, the commission. I mean, that's the whole idea of the committee structure in the MPA is you have a basketball right. committee. Yeah. Let them make decisions. Yeah, the, as the commission is now, uh, you know, coaches are, are underrepresented, officials are overrepresented, and, you know, that's that's not going to work. That's not going to be in the best interest of Maine high school basketball. So if they want to at least restructure it and make it more, you know, give the coaches more power on there or just scrap it completely. I'm fine with that. All right. That makes me feel better. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, did show up for Giants training camp oh, today or uh, off-season workout program, the voluntary off-season workout program. So maybe just to see how he's doing. And then, you know, when the Giant, when the Patriots call and say, hey, Gronk for OBJ. Is he in shape? Is he in shape? We want him. I feel like he would be, you know. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Just saying Gronk for OBJ. Straight up. I've seen crazier, you know. Oh, yeah. Swap a couple picks, you know. You know what? I'd rather the Patriots get him than the Celtics get Kawhi. What do you What do you make of that situation, by the way, the Kawhi what, thing? Uh, like, Kawhi? Yeah, what the I, hell is I that? I think he's quit on his team, and I want nothing to do with him. Why would that be, though? Like, 
Uh, him and Pop? I don't know. I have no idea why. What the you know? He doesn't like how they handled his injury. I have no idea. But I don't want nothing to do. Yeah. All right. He's a great player. I don't want anything to do with him. Okay. Send him to let him go to Philadelphia. You know they. <laughs> no, they're getting LeBron. Oh, that's right. I I, I heard. Don't need Kawhi. Yeah, I I don't think LeBron's going to Philly. I don't. I just don't. He's I don't going anywhere. He's going to LA, isn't he? He's going, he's to, going LA. to the Lakers. I don't know. You don't think I, so? I, I I don't. You know, I don't know what LeBron and Magic's relationship is. I don't know what kind of confidence he has in Magic to uh, to build a team. And I don't know if he wants to get into a situation where if he gets to LA and decides he doesn't like it there or. He wants to have input on, on personnel decisions, and Magic pushes back against it. There's no way he's going to win a, a public battle there. Well, then he's so, going to stay in Cleveland because he's the coach and GM now. So, <laughs> well, Yeah, and he, you know, a lot of other places he goes to, he could be the coach and GM too, but it's not going to be in L.A. Hmm. And he definitely will not go to the Clippers, from what I've heard. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where he would go. Like I've heard people say he should go to Portland. I think Portland would be a good destination for him, but I don't think that's his sort of gig. Like I don't. By the know. way, you should be happy, Doc. Uh, Doc Doc's Rivers getting his comeuppance, isn't he? Oh, Doc Rivers, he's such didn't, a didn't want to stick around for the rebuilding in Boston. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Too bad. Sorry, sorry, Glenn. Sorry that didn't work out for. You. He's going to be in Orlando soon. So, er, yeah. I wouldn't be actually. You know what? I would not be shocked if he got hired by the Knicks this offseason either. Because that's their type. Of, oh no! I think it's great. I would love to see him coach the Knicks because it would be terrible. Oh, I would. Uh, yeah, I would too. I'm, I'm arguing. Talk about a rebuild. The there. <laughs> I feel bad for Knicks fans. Like they had the '90s, Not and me. it was like. No, no think they about insist it. that they're, they're the mecca of basketball. I don't feel bad for them at all. They won a title in 40 years. That's not the mecca of basketball. If they actually liked the garden like the uh, Madison Square Garden, like it should be, and they might be able to hit some baskets. Yeah, Doc in a pocket in there. <laughs> Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joins us every Monday for our Monday morning quarterback. Randy, thank you very much. We will talk to you next week. My pleasure. Take it easy. Thank, thank you. you. It's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Find him online, sunjournal.com, or find him on Twitter. Raw Material 33. We'll have more of the B-List daily on the way from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. 